and I am going to welcome you this morning. So welcome, family. Welcome to Nuenti Christian Fellowship, where we are people-focused and purpose-driven. You have entered a place where God can be himself, and because you are here, we declare that you will meet Jesus, change your life, and find your purpose even in the heat. Amen? Our scripture affirmation will be coming from Romans 14 and 18, 14 and 19, and it reads, so then let us pursue the things which makes for peace and the building up of one another. And I just want to encourage you on this week to be a builder. Give somebody a compliment. Encourage someone. Push someone so that when they leave your presence, they're different from when they entered. Is that okay? Do we have any first-time visitors with us? Please stand so that we can acknowledge you. Welcome, 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 welcome. You should have or you will receive a purple folder. And then there is a, a little card that we want you to fill out so that we can keep in touch with you. Amen, amen. Now we are in the part of our service where we can give, where we can be relationally fruitful with God and give back to him what he has given to us. There are four ways that you can give that will be on the screen, hopefully. Okay, so... We can give through Cash App with dollar sign, New Antioch Central. We can text 77977. Um, you put New Antioch Central 77977. Okay, here we go. Amen. Cash App, dollar sign, New A Central. Or you can text New Antioch Central to 77977. You can give in person in the back. And also, you can go online to www.newantiochcentral.org, and you will follow the prompt, and it'll take you to the online giving for Central. Now we're going to pray over the offering and the giving. God, we thank you for the opportunity to give. We thank you for the opportunity to partner with you to move the kingdom and expand it, God. We ask that you just bless those that give, bless those that have the heart to give but could not, God. Allow them to be able to give the next time, God. Keep hurt, harm, and danger from the giving, God, and the givers, God, and bless it, God. Run it over, God. Allow it to be an overflow, God. Allow us to give from the overflow, God. In the name of Jesus, you are now in the hands of the praise team. Hallelujah. He just didn't know not to fool with us. Glory to God. They had Holy Ghost when they didn't have electricity. They had Holy Ghost when they didn't have a band. They had Holy Ghost when they didn't have a praise team, Sheila. They had Holy Ghost when all they had was hand clapping and foot stomping. Hallelujah. Hallelujah means praise the Lord. It's an exclamation as well as an instruction. Praise the Lord. He's worthy. He's worthy of the praise. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hey, yeah. Hallelujah. Lord, do what you have to do. Do what you want to do. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. It's in this place. Glory to God. I know they had another song, but... They tell me you step in the water when it's trouble.
So if you need a healing right now, you better jump in. If you need God to do something for your family, you better jump in. If you need a financial blessing, you better jump on in. Hallelujah! For those of you that are not used to an emotional church, We grew up on something that said, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out. My soul cries out. My soul cries out. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, 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 My soul cries out, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I thank God for saving me. And so, you all, let's say them people are a little emotional in there. All that loud music and jumping and going on. I bet not see you jumping up for your, your favorite basketball team. I bet not see you jumping up for your favorite football team. I bet not see you at the keynote at the the, the the kino place and the bingo place and the slot machines and you win one of them big numbers. If you non-emotional about everything else, then just sit in church and nod your head. We don't mind. God got kids with all kind of personality. But if you holler for anything. You sure enough ought to holler, hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. Yes, God. Well, it's good to me. Hallelujah. Bless your name, God. So you all welcome. We have, and as you can see, some electrical problems this morning. I don't know if it's because of stuff we've been pulling out and moving around or if it's something outside they think it's outside in the box that we don't have access to but uh so i'm a little off center so i can stand under the lights we do have um and we're gonna go ahead with this word uh this morning but before we do that we ended up um having to cancel the baccalaureate service that we do every year uh, i felt a little way about it because We've had it for 21 years straight. And uh, well, 20 years straight, this would have been 21. Anyway, we've had them every year. Uh, but we didn't have that much participation. But I do want to acknowledge um, those who did um, graduate. We got some extra sound coming from somewhere, but all right. <laughs> um, 
And that is, one is Naomi Richardson. Naomi Richardson is the daughter of uh, Ruby and Keith Jackson. Naomi, uh, she is a member here. She couldn't make it here today. Uh, but she's graduating from Clark County Adult High School after 18 years. She got her school 18 years ago and uh, didn't finish. But that's what we do at New Antioch. We encourage people to keep reaching and to keep being. And, and she pushed on and got her high school diploma. I had to give her a holler out today to Naomi Richardson. God bless you. You keep pushing, young lady. And we had, uh, we have our own pastor, Tara Nicole Trash, who graduated this year with her master's degree from North Central University. She has a Master of Arts in Marriage and Family Therapy with an emphasis in child and adolescence. I'm trying to pull her so she can run this counseling center, this brand new ACS uh, counseling center. Uh, but let's give uh, some appreciation again and congratulations to Tara Trask getting her master's and uh, she's actually the one who puts together the baccalaureate service. And she said, just for me, I, I, I'd rather us take a night off <laughs> than to do all that work. To, if y'all want to celebrate me, uh, uh, take, <laughs> all right, cash app at work. That's right. So thanks. She got it earlier this year. But congratulations, Tara, for your great, great um, accomplishment and achievement. And also, we only have one um, uh, Kingdom Academy from our church, and that is uh, Terry Jenkins. My husband did graduate. He's already been ordained, but he graduated this year. He's in Alabama, so um, so we just decided we just acknowledge them rather than uh, since everything just about is gone <laughs> uh, in our move. And so these are, this is the last part, just the chairs we have left. Um, and this PA system is the last stuff to go, pretty much. Um, and so instead of trying to do all that and move at the same time, we wanted to um, not do the baccalaureate service, but give them some love this morning. So thank you for that. All right, let's get to this word. We are standing. Um, our scriptures this morning is coming from Mark eleven twenty four through 25. Welcome to all our visitors and our friends. Uh, thank you, Sister Tanya made it back from Gay Patty. And God bless you, missed you so much. And of course, she brings Deacon with her, so we haven't seen him as much, so it's good to see him uh, this morning and all of you that are here. Let's read together. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, Believe you, you have received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Our topic this morning is, and when you stand praying, forgive. 
And when you stand praying, y'all see why the Spirit of the Lord moves in here. When you stand praying, forgive. Our middle schools and high schoolers are having their class today. You all can go down the hall. And when you stand praying, forgive. Our focus this month is leveling up to being relationally fruitful. Our year theme, of course, is Level Up 2.3. So let me see if you all uh, know what you're supposed to be working on this year, letting the Holy Spirit do in you all this year. January, our level up was to level up to being what? Spiritually excellent. February, it was physically fit. March, it was? Oh, everybody remember that one. <laughs> Financially set. April was? It's emotionally stable and mentally sound. And May is we're leveling up to being relationally fruitful. We're working on making sure that something positive, something impactful, something productive comes out of all of our relationships. Relationships with family, friends, your inner circle, your church family, your marriage relationships. Your parent-child relationship, your mentor-mentee relationship, even your romantic relationships need to be headed somewhere. You, you should be in my life for more than just hanging out or causing drama. Are your relationships fruitful? Do they amount to anything? Are they productive? And one thing, perhaps the most destructive thing to having productivity in your relationship is unforgiveness. You see, my brothers and sisters, God is relational. And, and because he's relational, he not only forgives, but he requires forgiveness. He requires us to forgive. There are over 68 scriptures about forgiveness. There's, forgiveness is written in the Bible 127 times from Genesis to Revelation. This concept of forgiveness threads throughout all of the scriptures. Why? Because God is relational. And all fruitful relationships start with forgiveness. All fruitful relationships start with forgiveness all of them you know what the only way God can stand to be in relationship with us is to forgive the only way God could stand to stay in relationship with us is to forgive he got to forgive and I can really take a praise break right here because forgiveness is at the heart of of two of my favorite words grace and mercy i'll praise him by myself good grace and mercy at the heart of grace and mercy is forgiveness those are my two words grace is when god gives me good stuff that i didn't deserve and mercy is when god does not give me the bad stuff that i did deserve thank you god for grace and mercy thank you God 
See, somebody ain't been bad. I need to talk to somebody that's bad. I need to talk to somebody that trips. I need to talk to somebody that know you shouldn't have what you have. You shouldn't be where you are. You should be in the grave somewhere. You should be in prison. You should be on your hundredth child. You should be broke. You should be. And I got anybody that's living in a house you don't deserve. That's driving a car you don't deserve. That's living a life you don't deserve. That got a college degree you didn't have go to school for. Is there anybody that is grateful for grace and mercy? And at the root of this concept is forgiveness. The only way God can stay in relationship with us is to forgive. And the only way we can stay in relationship with each other is to forgive. And the only way to have fruitful relationships is to be able to stay. You, you can't have a fruitful relationship if you can't stay. Because fruit takes time. Seeds must be planted. Seeds must be watered. Seasons have to pass, then the growth happens, and then fruit comes. And then to be fruitful or fruitful, this process has to continue to repeat itself. You got to keep planting seeds, and you got to water. You got to wait for seasons. You got to wait for growth. Then more fruit comes. So the only way that God is going to get any fruit that remains from his church is that we have to be able to stay in relationship with people. We have to be able to stay in relationship with him. But because we can be so raggedy, rude, sometimes up and down, moody, sinful, disloyal, messy, insecure, inconsistent, incorrigible, unfaithful, uncooperative, arrogant, stubborn, lazy, overindulgent, self-absorbed, self-centered, selfish. I'm not finished. I just have to stop because we can be here all day. Listen to faults and failures of people. Y'all people is a trip. Bad English, true concept. People are a trip. Actually, I can spend the rest of this sermon just talking about my own faults and failures. Because I'm a trip. Any honest folk in here? <laughs> I am a trip. So because of the nature of human beings, the only way to stay in relationship is to be able to forgive. Because unforgiveness destroys relationship. And God is so relational that Jesus says to us in the text that we read, he said, look, I want to partner with you all. 
I want you to come to me in prayer. And if you believe, you have those righteous things that you pray for. When you come pray, believe that you receive it. And I'll make sure you get it to it. If it's right, if it's the right thing to do, I'll get it to you. You're going to get those things you pray for because we are in relationship. And I want to give you things. Matter of fact, we're in a relationship where no good thing will I withhold from you. But you're going to have to do this for me. When you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, if you're holding anything in your heart, if you're still mad, you're still cutting your eyes. Married couples, you're still withholding affection. Thank you, mother. If you're still acting up, or you're still shutting down. If you're having bloody conversations, if you're avoiding, ignoring, let me go to these young folk. If you ghosted, blocking, if you're fussing and fighting over the same thing, if you've had more than one argument about the same thing, the same issue that you should have settled by now, you need to forgive. Unforgiveness is at the root of so many psychological issues. Y'all paying me and Erica Rent and Taurus and Tiffany's because of unforgiveness. So many psychological issues. So many behavioral dysfunctions. So many emotional dysregulations are because people can't forgive. All fruitful relationships start with forgiveness. So many traumatic triggers, overreactions. All I said was high and you went left on me. All these mental breakdowns and ongoing abuses because hurt people hurt people. All fruitful relationships start with forgiveness. Now there are two Greek words that are used in the New Testament for forgiveness. And one of those words, I know some of y'all don't care about this stuff, but one of those words is charizomai. And the other word is afmei. Sorry about that. Afmei. The, the first word, charizomai, comes from this Greek word uh, charis or charis, which means grace. It's where we get the word charisma. It's where, the, where we get the word charity. It means grace. And so in, in, in Colossians 2, uh, 13, it, 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 it's charizomai uh, that, that he speaks of. And it's the debt paid by Christ when he died on the cross. So the word says, when you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave. He charizomai. He use this word, forgave us all our sins. What does that mean? Having canceled the written code with his regulations that was against us and stood to oppose us, he took it away. 
nailed it to the cross. So because of God's grace, because of his charis, we are forgiven when we come to Christ. And the debt has now been canceled. So the word translated forgiveness, charizomai, can be translated as canceled. Because that's what God did when, when you accepted him. He canceled. When he, really, when he died on the cross, he canceled your debt. Anybody ever get a bill in the mail that said canceled? You don't owe it no more. It's done. So this, this, this concept of forgiveness, they call it debt forgiveness. In other words, I canceled it. Everybody say canceled. Then in our text that we read in, in Mark eleven twenty five, the word here is afeami, afeami, which has the sense of to loose or to let go. It means to send away, to leave it alone. It, it means um, it comes from two words, apo, which means away from, and haimi, which means uh, to send. So this concept as forgi of forgiveness is we let it go. We forgive someone. When we forgive someone, we let it go. We send it away. We're not going to bring it up again. Because this is what God does for us. When we confess our sins, he lets it go. He will not bring it up again. He forgives us. He lets it go because Jesus died on the cross to pay for the penalty of your sins. You can't be caught in double jeopardy. You can't be convicted and owe for something that has already been settled. And that goes back to the concept of cancellation. So this entire term of forgiveness simply means that whatever somebody did to you, you cancel it out and you send it away. Uh-huh, we need help. When, when a show is canceled, it don't play no more. When an event is canceled, if you show up, ain't nothing going on. So you hurt me. Yes, you did. But it's canceled. And I sent it away. I leave it alone. To me, it's settled. It's over. It's canceled. I'm not even looking for the reruns. Show been canceled. It's been sent away just like it is. Not settled, fixed, compromised. When I forgive, I cancel it, and I send it away just like it is. So we are supposed to forgive like God forgives. How does God forgive? At Micah chapter 7, verse 18, it says, Who is a God like you? who pardons sins and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance, that's us. You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. 
You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl our iniquities into the depths of the sea. Canceled and sent away. You will tread our sins underfoot, hurl all our iniquities, that's the inward sin, into the depths of the sea. Cancel, sent away. Then in Hebrews 12, 8 and 12, and it's actually quoting Jeremiah 31, 34, but the writer of Hebrews quotes Jeremiah and he says, For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. So you put those two scriptures together and you have what people call the sea of forgetfulness. So don't go looking in the Bible for the scripture on sea of forgetfulness. It ain't in there. Sylvester, so I looked for it. And I found out where they get that from is these two scriptures that they put together that I'm going to hurl your iniquities into the depth of the sea. And then another scripture says, uh, 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 forgive your wickedness and we'll remember it no more. They put those two concepts together and there is a sea of forgetfulness where God doesn't remember your sin anymore. Why? Because he cannot have a relationship with us unless he does something about our sins. So he cancels them. He hurls them away. They're in the depths of the sea. And then he can have relationship with us because he cannot have a relationship with sin. So to be in relationship with you, he has to cancel out your depth of sin and send it away. It's like throwing it in the depths of the sea and he doesn't remember it. But then, Keith, I got a problem with the text. As my preacher friend would say, I have a problem with the text. Because right before it says that God will not remember their sins, he talk about their sins. That's why you got to read the whole chapter. So you pull that out, you'll run with it. But if you read the whole chapter, Jeremiah or Hebrews, right before he says, I won't remember their sins, he talking about their sins and how he led them out of Egypt and how unfaithful they were. But, but God, back in Jeremiah, you said you wouldn't remember the sins. Now, Jesus come, he died for the sins, and we all the way to the book of Hebrews now, and you still talking about what I did. All through the New Testament, matter of fact, their referrals back to the sins by what they did. Get a whole history about how they dogged God. So I'm like, wait a minute, God. Then either you contradicting yourself or we need to see what this word remember me. And so what does this word remember mean when it says, when God says, I won't remember? Because obviously God didn't forget what we did. And this is so important because this concept to forgive and forget. Everybody say, you need to forgive and forget. I'm going to forgive and forget. That's what people say, right? Forgive and forget. That's nearly an impossible concept. Because, Lord, you're asking me to forgive what I cannot forget. can't forget that and, and so let me see what this word remember actually is 
It's a Greek word that's uh, memnesco. Y'all could care less about that, but those of you that do. <laughs> what this word means is, is to call to mind, to mention, to recall it, to bring it back up, to remind oneself actively and purposely, I'm purposely bringing this thing back up. It means to be mindful of it, to actively remember it, to intentionally remember it. Not just offhandedly or, or incidentally, the, the memory came back. This word, I won't remember, this word is a high level of personal self-involvement. I'm putting myself in this. I got a personal interest that's motivating me to bring this thing back up. In other words, God's saying he will not actively, purposely, intentionally keep his mind and his recall and put himself and his personal interest by bringing back up what he forgave. It doesn't mean he literally doesn't remember. It means I'm not dragging this stuff back up. I'm not putting myself out there to make sure that you are reminded of what you did. Matter of fact, I don't even have a reason to mention it. Some of you don't forgive because you didn't forget. And you think because you didn't forget that you can't forgive. Because some of the things that were done to you, some of the things that were said to you, some of the things that were said about you, injured you, devastated you, shook your world up. How in the world can you forget the abuse? How in the world can you forget the infidelity of your spouse? How in the world can you forget betrayal? How can you forget that sexual assault. How can you forget murder of your child, of your family member? How can you forget that theft? How can you forget that situation that caused such a great scandal? How can you forget that? But guess what? You don't need to forget to forgive. I just told y'all God forgave. But every now and then you see it written. You, you don't need to forget to forgive. We got to forgive like God forgives. Cancel the debt and send it away. And leave it alone. Quit fooling with it. Quit talking about it. Leave it alone. Don't call it to your mind. Don't recall it. I know you're gone, but let me recall and bring you back. Don't keep mentioning it. I, I, it, now, it might call you from time to time. You'll see something on TV. You'll see the person. And so the memory might call you, but you don't call it. You don't sit up let me figure out everybody that dogged me. You don't call it. You don't remind yourself 
actively and purposely. You mind, beloved. You're actively remember. You're intentionally remember. It might come up offhandedly. It might come up incidentally, but there's no high level of personal involvement and personal interest that motivates you to keep remembering this stuff. When you forgive, you will not actively, purposely, intentionally keep your mind on and recall and personally put yourself and your interest in bringing back up what you have forgiven. Can I be transparent? And the, the bad thing about being pastor's kids is they put all your stuff on blast. So. Not too long ago, my children did something that hurt me so bad. I cried every day for about three weeks. But y'all see me and my daughter? That's, that's my person. That's, that's my buddy. We talked FaceTime three, four times a day. Had a great Mother's Day. Relationship is absolutely wonderful. I didn't forget it. I forgave it. My husband said something to me. Glad he's not here today. <laughs> My husband said something to me that really could have wrecked our marriage completely. To me, it was so bad, I almost had to forgive it, <laughs> to deal with it. We just had a wonderful anniversary. We've been married six years now. We went out. We had fun. We enjoyed each other. I didn't forget it. I forgave it. A few years ago, my staff at New Antioch Christian Fellowship, where we people-focused and purpose-driven, hurt me to my core. All of us now just cool with each other, love each other, laugh at each other, still friends. I didn't forget it. I forgave it. And you know what? Me too. I hurt them too. I did some dumb stuff. You didn't have to say, yeah, that loud, Erica. I hurt them too. I have done things and said things that have crushed my daughter to the point where she had to make a intentional decision to stay in relationship with me. She didn't forget it. She could tell you right now what happened to us around 2009, 2010, 2011. She could tell you what night now what happened. She didn't forget it. She forgave it. Girl, love her mama. You don't have to forget it to forgive it. Or none of us would have any relationships. Because I'm a trip. You don't need to forgive. I'm sorry, you don't need to forget to forgive and you don't need an apology to forgive 
often we say they didn't even apologize. He didn't even say he's sorry. She didn't even say she was sorry. They ain't never said nothing. They did all that, and they know they did it too. And they act like they ain't never done nothing to me. You don't need an apology to forgive. You can forgive. Watch this. You can forgive without ever having the conversation. <laughs> Let me tell y'all what an apology is. The people, huh? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> now, now the word apology means admitting you was wrong and saying you sorry. That's what we call an apology. But originally, that's not what that word meant. Originally, the word apology uh, meant a defense or a justification. An apology is a speech in defense. It's to speak to one's own defense. I'm speaking in my own defense. It's a, an apology was a well-reasoned reply. It was a thought-out response to the accusations that was made. And, and the world, uh, most of you that, that study Christianity, uh, the early Christian writings, it was, apology was a defense of the faith. It was a well-thought-out response to defend your faith in Christ Jesus. So that's why they got a whole area of study that's called apologetics. Apologetics or defense, a thought-out defense of your faith. And, and so then later on, it meant a self-justification. Let me tell you how I was right. You think it out. That was an apology. That was apologetics. And then it became a, a an expression of regret for the wrong you did. And then you say you're sorry. The reason you don't need an apology to forgive is because there's no way for us to justify some of the stuff we do. There's no way for us to justify what we do against God. And so many of the things that have been done against us really hold no justification. There's no justification for your mama to have done you like that. There's no justification. Nothing's going to make that right. You shot my son. Nothing's going to make that right. And so if they, because however we're in relationship, we, we want to make explanations nothing wrong with that but most of our explanations are really excuses there's a difference between an excuse and an explanation somebody wrote me an apology the other day and they told me everything that had happened during their day and and and, and she said I, I i i hate to it just feels like i'm making excuses i'm saying that's not an excuse it's an explanation you all right but because you're in a relationship, you want to have that conversation. You, you, I want to know what you were thinking. I want to know. You know, make this make sense to me. We want that. But if they never do, if they never apologize, if they never say they wrong, because some folks just don't think they was wrong. If they never say they were wrong, even if they may not ever even think they were wrong, you may never get an explanation. That's for somebody you may never get an explanation, not even from God. Sometimes God won't even explain why. 
I don't find anywhere in the Bible where God ever told Job why. You may never be able to explain why you dog God the way you do. But he didn't need that to forgive you. The relationship parts of God does want you to confess and repent. And y'all had a conversation. Come let us reason together. But his compassions for you are new every morning whether you explain it to him or not. So you don't need an apology to forgive. You, 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 you don't need to forget to forgive. You don't need an apology to forgive. Y'all ready? You don't need them to change to forgive. I'll make it a little easier for you. How many times has God forgiven you and you have not changed a bit? did God forgive you over and over again for the same thing you did not change and he still forgave and some of you ain't changed yet you did it again you came to God crying I'm sorry Lord, help me. And he forgave you, and you did it again. That's another praise break for somebody. And what the cold piece of it, of it is, Sister Delphine, he knew you were going to do it. But forgave you anyway. I was, I was, thank you. I'm loving this amen corner I got going on right here. I was before God, I'm crying, Lord, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm sorry. Here I am again, God, it's me. I did it, I'm just, I'm just so emotional because I'm so broken over my sins. And the Holy Spirit said to me, why are you down here on your knees crying when you know you're going to do this again? I said, I said, you right, God. <laughs> Got right back up because he was absolutely right. Y'all, we were trying to get that forgiveness in just in case we die at night. You know, just in case we don't make it in the morning. <laughs> I know I'm in the house. Just in case I get in a car accident. Just, just in case I'm wrong. I'm getting that forgiveness in. Yeah, I'm getting ready to do this right now. But God, some of y'all be asking for forgiveness. Why are you still doing it? Me too. And he just keeps working with us. He just keeps pleading with us. He just keeps talking to us. He just keeps forgiving us. You can forgive people who have not changed. How, how does he do this? The Bible says he remembers that we only dust. Y'all need to get Psalms 103, 8 through 14, put it in your back pocket. Let me tell you about Psalms 103. What they say, Psalms 103. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, 
slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens or above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we're formed. And he remembers that we're dust. He knows how we form. He remembers that we're dust. In other words, he knows our capacity. He knows what we're capable of. And the reason we have a hard time forgiving is because we don't understand each other's capacity. We forget that we just dust. Look at somebody say, you dusty. So you be right, Kevin, dusty foot. You a dusty foot. You dusty. Let me, let me give you an example. They took my baby out. Let me tell you about Aiden. Aiden has spit up on me on my church clothes. Right before I had to go to church, got on black, all that white, simulac, infamil, on my nice black shirt. Aiden has urinated on me. Aiden has boo-booed on me. Aiden has screamed in my ear. Aiden daily pulls my dreadlocks. Aiden has got this habit. I'm, I am going to break him of this. I'm going to give him about a year, Erica. But when he gets mad, he push your hands off of him. Two? Oh, I ain't going to make it to two. <laughs> but I love that baby boy. I tell you, this grandmama thing is all right. I am in love with him. You know why he can do all that to me? He's a baby. I understand his capacity. He doesn't have the ability to say, Gma is in her church clothes and she got to go preach and I feel like I have to throw up. But I'm going to hold this in my mouth so that I don't mess up Gma's clothes. He don't have the capacity for that. Gma is changing uh, my diaper. Uh, so I need to hold this that I got going on down here to at least let her get the diaper up on me well. And then I can boo-boo or urinate after the diaper is going to catch everything. He don't have that capacity. The problem is that you've overestimated people's capacity. I, 
uh, I, I heard T.D. Jakes and, and Oprah had this conversation. I am a 10-gallon lover. I have a great capacity to love people. I love you guys so much, and it, no matter how many members I have, I just love them. I have this huge capacity of love, and when I love you one-on-one -on -one intimately, well, I, have, I love hard. I, I have this super capacity to love people. I'm a 10-gallon lover. But sometimes I'm in relationship with a one-pint lover. And they might be loving me with everything they have. But if a pint is all they have the capacity for, and you love me with your pint, and I'm a 10-gallon lover, I'm looking at saying, that's all you got? I should make them pay for this session, huh? That's all you got? This is how much you love me? And, and is that, that ain't love. Yeah, well, it ain't love because you're a 10-gallon person. That's everything they have. You don't know what all happened to mama. That might be all she had. You don't know what happened to daddy. That might be all he had. You don't know what happened to that friend that betrayed you, the people that's always talking about you, things that you, you thought that this was their capacity, so there's no excuse for them to treat you like that. You need to just go ahead and accept this is all they had. This is how they knew how to love. You don't know what happened. Family's got so many secrets. Sometimes when they when they sitting on my couch, I I I asked them, was was she ever abused? No, I ain't heard that. You don't know. You don't know what was said to them. You don't know what their capacity is. For whatever reason, it might be something mental. It might be something emotional. It might be the drugs that they was doing for 29 years. Whatever it is, because you don't understand their capacity, you expected them to be more than what they were. I can forgive Aiden no matter what he does. He's a baby. I understand his capacity. God forgives us completely because he know how we form and he remembers they ain't nothing but dust. They dusty. I love them, but they're dusty. I love them enough to die for them, but they're dusty. So God is not falling out in heaven because you did what you did. You can't surprise him, and since you can't surprise him, you can't disappoint him. And so you don't have to have changed for him to forgive. And so your folks that you hold the stuff against, they don't have to change for you to be able to forgive. So you don't need to forget to forgive. You don't need an apology to forgive. You don't need them to change to forgive. But you do need to make a decision to forgive. You just got to make a decision. If God told you to do it, then you got the ability to do it. I need y'all, when you stand praying, I need you to forgive, means you have the ability to do it. But you know what? Grace and mercy, I'm going to give you some grace to help you do it. But you can do it. 
All you got to do is make the decision. It doesn't matter if you still feel it. It doesn't matter if you still hurt. If it doesn't matter if you're still uncomfortable when they come into a room. And it don't matter if you don't understand. You just make the decision to forgive. And then continue the relationship. You just make the decision, I'm going to forgive. And we're going to continue this relationship. What does that mean? What does that mean, Pastor? It means you treat them well. It means you stay married if it's not dangerous or toxic. If it's dangerous, <laughs> you better live. If it's toxic, meaning it's making you sick and, and, and it's killing. So if it's dangerous and toxic, that, that might be a little different. The Bible does talk about if you just can't stay. But, but, but it's, it's not dangerous. It's not toxic. You just don't like them. Stay married. Treat them well. Pray for them. Pray for them. Y'all need a scripture for that one? It said, bless them that curse you. Pray for them that hate you. All oh, y'all that got all this social, just go around, you want to hate certain people. Mm -hmm. Pray for them that hate you. Do good to them that despitefully use you. Wish the best for them. Treat them with respect. Don't have any ill will or an attitude. You don't walk about, walk next to them, they, uh, my molester in there, my molester might be in the house. You don't. You say, hello. How are you? God bless you. If it's a good, godly relationship, you restore them back to the place they had with you. If it's a good, godly relationship, it was a good, godly relationship. We restored each other back to the place that we had. Matter of fact, we were better after. We were closer after. We both acted out of character. But when we forgave it, right back in the same place, I was still mama. I was still my baby. If it's a good godly relationship, restore them back to the place they had with you. If it was not, they don't necessarily have to be back in that place, but you treat them well. You pray for them. You wish the best for them. You treat them with respect. You don't have any will, ill will toward them, whether they apologize, whether you forgot about it, or whether they changed or not. That's what it means to forgive. And God says, when you stand praying, I need you to forgive. Whatever it is, just don't hold on to it. Let it go. Or it will poison you. And it will displease God. You have to make the decision to forgive. And lastly, you do have a reason to forgive. You got a reason to forgive. He said, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you of your sins. I heard somebody say this. I think I stole this from Steve Furtick. Um, 
He said, forgiveness is like deleting apps that are not useful, but they take up space. Anybody ever run out of memory on your phone? And I'm trying to, to cut and paste something, or I'm trying to take another picture, or I'm trying to, 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 to use my device, and my device tells me, you don't have enough space for this. You're trying to do ministry. You're trying to go back to school. You're trying to have a decent marriage. You're trying to be a decent mother. You're trying to be a great father. But you got so much unforgiveness in you, you don't have the space. You don't have the capacity. You can't do no better than you're doing right now because you need to delete some apps that are not useful for you, but they're taking up space. And it's, so I can't use more creative apps because I got too much stuff that's taking up space on my phone. So I can't operate. It's taking up too much memory. And I'm saying to somebody this morning, it's taking up too much memory. 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 Cancel it. Send it away. Cancel it. Send it away. Cancel it. Send it away. Control out. Delete. You got to delete the messages. When I had to do my, with my phone, because I don't know how to go in and buy more memory. See, y'all been trying to buy more memory. Ooh, God, this is fresh off. You drinking trying to buy more memory. This ain't on my notes. You smoking weed trying to buy more memory. You running around with another man trying to buy more memory. You sexing it up trying to buy more memory. You in the club on Saturday trying to buy more memory. You don't need to buy more memory. You need to delete. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I had to delete messages. I had to delete pictures. Sometimes I had the same picture in there five times. One, but one of them good. You don't took five pictures. One, but one of them good. But you keep the rest of them in there. They just taking up space. Take the good day and delete all the rest of them days. You, you got some pictures in your mind, and so I had to delete pictures, and I had to delete. I had messages probably from back to 2019. I had to go in and delete messages and delete pictures, so I had enough space to operate my device. Some of y'all got to delete those messages that were told to you. You got to delete those pictures, those memories, so that you can operate in the spirit that you're in right now. So you can operate in your marriage. So you can operate in your relationships so you can operate at work so you can open a new business so you can do that new ministry so that you can finish something but you stifled because you've been holding in your memory too many messages and pictures and movies and videos you got a good reason to forgive because it's true forgiveness is not for them it's for you and then it frees up your prayers. It frees up your relationship with God. And we cannot have fruitful relationships if the soil of your heart is bitter, is hard, is angry, and is contaminated with unforgiveness. 
So when you stand praying, forgive. Who I want to pray for this morning are those who got some hard stuff to forgive. And God, you're going to have to help me. Forget. I mean, your stuff, I'm not talking about they said your shoes was ugly. Forgiveness. Although some of y'all act like that just killed your whole day. I'm not talking about they hurt your feelings, they said something a little rough kind of forgiveness. I'm talking about you got some stuff that you're not going to be able to fully operate. It's 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 contaminating your capacity. It's restricting your capacity. You want to be a better father. You want to be a better mother. You want to be a better spouse. You want to do some things. You want to be a better Christian. God, but this is, this is hard. They haven't changed. Or I can't forget. They didn't apologize. Some of the folk done gone on to meet the Lord or the devil, whichever way they went. And so you can't get an explanation now. There's nothing they can do about it now. You need to delete. You need to cancel it and send it away. Some, of, some people are living with who they're having a hard time forgiving. But I put myself out there. Put your cell phone out there with me. Don't, y'all, don't leave me out here by myself. Because Naida's a trip. And I needed some forgiveness. So come let me pray for you today. When you come, I'm going to lay hands on your heart. And God is going to begin to do a healing and a deleting out of your heart and your mind. If you believe in the power of prayer. Come let me pray for you. Today. It's going to be this big change in your life. Don't sit up here and be proud because arrogance is one reason that you are sometimes hard to be in relationship with because you can't admit you wrong. You can't admit you hurt. And men hurt too. Men are more likely to hurt somebody because they're hurt. Men experience it as anger. But it's a whole lot of folks sitting in the penitentiary because they wouldn't forgive, because they wouldn't admit, this thing hurt me. And this is life changing for some people today. You never have to be the same. You never have to go back to that. God has increased your capacity just by you coming in prayer. Just because you received this word, God has increased your capacity. He's deleted some things. He's thrown out. You're not even going to be able to hold it anymore. But Tiffany's was saying that the Holy Spirit told her there are people that have trouble forgiving themselves. And that was my issue. I forgave everybody. But years later, I still hadn't forgiven myself. If that's you, you can, we got time for you. If that's you, and say, it's me, I can't forgive. And it's really a sense of arrogance because you thought you was better than that. 
If you knew how dusty you were, you would have just let yourself go free. And so I knew, God, I, I, I was arrogant enough to believe that I should have been better than that. But I wasn't. That perfectionist in me wouldn't let me forgive me. But we're going to do that today. If you're, again, honest enough to, to say, my biggest issue is I didn't forgive me. I should have been caught up like that. I shouldn't have been duped like that. But those of you who have had trauma, stuff people did to you, the ways people touched you, or those tragic things that happened. When you've had trauma, what you, you never quite feel safe. Safe in his arms. You never quite feel safe. That's what a lot of we do in therapy, help people to feel safe. Because you can't change because you don't feel safe. You didn't feel safe at home. You didn't feel safe around those people. And so you never feel safe around people now. You got to keep your defenses up. You got to keep everybody at a distance. Even people that you're intimate with, they might get your body, but they don't really get your heart because you don't feel safe. And I just hear this song. In Christ is a safe place to change. It's a safe place to be. Part of the word salvation does mean safety. That's why I'm saved. Receive this. Can y'all just rest in this? Those of you that are listening, rest in this song. Just for a minute. Because the Lord is my shepherd. Hallelujah. If you're here today and you're not saved, y'all tell me that it takes a little time to get free. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. But if you're not saved and you need to accept the Lord, we're going to say this prayer together. You need to get in his arms. That's what's wrong. You in the, you're not in the right arms. You ain't in the right hands, but it don't take a minute to put yourself in the arms where it's safe. So, so pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I need to see your lips move. I need to see your lips move. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. Forgive me for everything I've done wrong. Come into my heart. And save me in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you did that, whether you're listening by video or if you're here in the sanctuary, we believe you've been born again. If you meant that in your heart. And if you did and you prayed that prayer for the first time or you know you're rededicating, you prayed that prayer to rededicate yourself to God. Just raise your hand. You don't have to come up here. Just raise your hand. Anybody that accepted the Lord today or rededicated themselves. There's a book I want you to read. We want to get some information. Anybody today, everybody here was already saved but just don't want to be. 
And that's a dangerous place to be if you don't want to be. Amen. Amen. That is our service for today. Thank God for visiting us from the beginning. And knowing what he wanted to do today. Thank you all for participating in the Day of the Ages yesterday. Teams, you did a wonderful job. We had 126 people in fellowship yesterday between all of our age groups. That is amazing, and we thank God. Everybody get something out of it? Got some good information? Know how to handle the, the, the century that you're in or the, the decade that you're in? Amen. It was wonderful. Thank you for the teams that led out to bring to make that happen. God gave me that, and you made it happen. Thank you so much. Again, we're having no baccalaureate service on tonight, so you're off and free the rest of the night. Um, and again, thank God for Naomi Richardson and for Tara Trass and for Terry. Also, uh, we're a little behind. As you see, most of the stuff is leaving out of here. Uh, so we will have service here next week. We're a little behind on some things that we need to continue to get done quickly. You all pray. Um, that it gets done quickly. We will be here next Sunday for service, uh, but we won't be able to have the grand opening of the community center. Uh, some things got delayed, and then you all pray for uh, Pastor Ronay's family, her husband's family. They had to kind of go out on town on an emergency. Uh, so pray for, I just pray for Kareem's mother uh, and those things, her husband's mother. But that also, we just can't get it together. Uh, to open on next uh, on next uh, Sunday, so there won't be anything. Uh, I have it. I have it, Mother. I hear you. Um, so there won't be anything uh, next Sunday night. We will still believe that we still will have the 5K walk. We need you all to sign up for the 5K walk for mental health, and we will also um, have, of course, our Memorial Day picnic will be going on. So the 29th, everything on the 29th is the same, um, but the 28th we'll have service here, and then we're moving the rest of our things over, uh, but we won't have the grand opening of the community center until later on in June. Um, I believe uh, that is it. Mother's asking, uh, for those of you that are in my Tuesday night group, we won't be there on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, you know, many of us... Uh, have been members of the Church of God in Christ. They lost their bishop. Bishop Leon Smith passed away last week. His uh, memorial service will be Tuesday night at 6 p.m. And then the funeral, the, uh, the national funeral, will be Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. And both of those will be at Pentecostal Temple. Uh, so those of us, out of respect and out of love, he was a friend of our family, uh, grew up with him, um, known him all my life. Uh, he was really good to my mom, and I really want to be there to uh, support them Tuesday night. Uh, and then the national funeral is uh, Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. at Pentecostal Temple, 1117 F Street, uh, here on the west side. Amen. God bless you. Walk on this word. Will y'all walk on it? Walk on this word in the name of Jesus. Pastor Erica is coming at this time. Amen. Before Pastor Kevin comes to dismiss us. I need to see everyone that is in any way associated with the following departments. Greeters, safety, food bank, kids count, 
the nursery, and I know uh, that's kind of not been a task of anyone's in particular. Uh, AV, building maintenance, multi-purpose room, the kitchen area, and the storage in the rear of the building. If you are connected in any way to any of those areas, I need to see you right here in this section immediately after service. Please, sir, please, ma'am. Also, I know a lot of people have been like, I want to help in some way. If you want to clean, if you want to move, I have a list right here. Right here. Give me your name, phone number, the day. Yes, we need as much help as we can get. The day and time that you're available next, uh, this week and, and next week. And uh, all we need is somebody to help clean and somebody to help move some things. Next Sunday, whatever seat you're in, all we're asking is that you help us get the seats out. And we are done at 610 Bell Rose, J Wall, we out. J Wall, y'all pray for her. I need to forgive J Wall. Amen. Um, I think that's it. Oh, Pastor Kevin is telling me to dismiss. Don't forget your just one. Don't forget your just one. Who? The rally. The rally. We still there, y'all. We got a lot of good stuff coming up. Uh, if you want to see how the building looks right now, I'll show you. We have some lights up and the ceiling is done. We are moving along. So don't forget to give to the rally. And just because we're not in this building doesn't mean that we stop giving it. Amen? Amen. We're standing to dismiss. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the word, God. Help us to forgive so that we are fruitful in all of our relationships and in all of our pursuits. God, I pray that you would be with us as we leave this place and show us, God, bombard us with our just one. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.